Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Do young people lack resilience, the resilience to deal with life's difficulties in 2023? And I want you to take a listen to Mick Clifford uh, writing in The Examiner. This is following on from some of the reaction to the Leaving Cert, the maths Leaving Cert exams in, in recent weeks. I want you to take a listen to his comments today because he argued that a large proportion, um, a large portion of the overreaction from young people comes from the conditioning of their parents. Yeah, I am a parent myself and I think it is a mistake and I have to pull myself up because I'm exactly the same as that in that um, we want to avoid stresses rather than attempting to let them to be able to take on board the stresses and deal with them because you're back again. If there's such an issue over a thing like the Leaving Cert now, how are younger people going to deal with real issues of trauma going through life that we all have to deal with and whether or not we're, we have conditioned them when I say we, my generation, in a way that they don't have the resilience to, to, to deal with these things. And so, it just struck me when you look at the reaction from the Leaving Cert, that would suggest there's some issue there. 1800 453 106 is the number. Jenna is with us on the line. Jenna, do you, do you agree with Mick? Do you think young people today lack resilience? Or sorry, Diana's with us. Apologies. Diana, do they lack resilience? You know, I'm laughing to myself listening to it, listening to a man of my own generation whining about his children complaining and telling them then that they're not resilient. I think there's some irony in that. But I mean, myself, I had a child in the Leaving Search Maths Paper 1 this year. Um, now, I can tell you, Andrea, before I say anything else, this child during the pandemic decided he was interested in finance and he took part in international stock competitions run by the US and he came second in the world. He was right. also given an award by one of our ministers for taking the Chartered Institute of Securities exams um, and getting the highest grades in those exams, in those industry level maths exams uh, he got the highest grade in the uk and ireland and he did that when he was 16. now on top of that my child has dyslexia so he works exceptionally hard and he wants to do a high point course so he's put his faith in his teachers who were brilliant by the way and his teachers in turn put their faith in an education system and a um, a Minister for Education and uh, uh, an SEC State Examinations Commission who said this is going to be the layout of the maths exam this year, you know, so they said okay, that's fine, this is the layout this is what we're going to work toward, like we all did in life, you're told I'm going for my driving test in my car and you go down and you don't expect to be put in a train and told drive the train, you, you expect to learn everything there is to know about the car and go down and do your driving test and do your driving test in a car, and the idea that he's saying real issues. He sounds like a lovely man and a very kind man, that journalist. But I'm not quite sure what he doesn't think is real about the Leaving Cert. Because the Leaving Cert, like it or not, can define the rest of these kids' lives. And yes, Andrea, there are back doors and front doors and Mm. up doors and down doors. But you know, what's wrong with our education system that every year we have the same conversation? Don't worry, there's more doors. What's wrong with the doors that we have? Clearly, something is wrong with the doors that we have. The front because door. there's a well, lot the front of door, I suppose the it's... Doors. Exactly. You're supposed to. You're told as a child, you work hard, you give it your best, you learn, you respect your teachers, you do what you're told, you go in, you sit an exam, the exam will then determine whether you did the work or not, and you get the grade you deserve. That's what they're told. That's what they bought into. That's what we as parents try to buy into. And... What happened on the day of the exam, 
they went in and there was entirely obscure language used that was described not by our children, but by math teachers as nasty and ambiguous and just undoable. And what happened is that generation of kids got up and they took to their voice, which is social media, and they said, what the hell was that? And they used grown-up words like trauma because whether we, our generation, like it or not, we all experienced trauma, but we didn't have the vocabulary to actually describe it. Let me remind you that the generation that I heard on the radio this morning, the uh, journalist and Kira and Shane, we're the generation that were so emotionally backwards that we had to be drunk to even go and have a relationship with someone. Do you know what I mean? Right, so we are of the twisted. Okay, so are, so you know, Di- Di- Diana, just I suppose is is the point though in all of this not that when you say you go to school and you know you 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 um you look at the various possibilities of the exam and the questions and how they'll be asked, but is that not life that? There will be the the obscure. There will be the hurdle that you you know the the thing that you didn't expect. The thing that'll be left of field. Isn't that life though? Well, I suppose Angela. Like everything life, won't be just a straight day, road. These kids had an agreement with the Minister of Education. These kids, who by the way were locked in their homes for two years and didn't quite often have an access to education, they were told by the people that they were told to trust. This is what to expect. Put in the work and you're going to be somewhere in this region. And they got something entirely different. And yes, that is life. But are we supposed to now give birth to our kids, give them a slap on the ass and say, come on, get up now and be resilient. Resilience comes from love and it comes from, you know, just being, you know, supported. And then you go out into the world and you take the hard knocks and you take the blows. But these are kids. And they did what they were supposed to do. This is high the math. We have kids in this, in the, taking these exams who have put their all into it. To what, Andrea, is a very unfair point okay. system. So you're, a I know you're, you're unfair and flawed system. Yeah. And they gave it their all and they came out he was and disappointed. they complained. But you know what the thing is as well? What they did after that, after they came and they complained and they washed it out of their system on Friday night, they got off their backsides on Saturday and Sunday and they restudied and tried to figure out the language that they may be presented mm. with. On okay, Monday. okay. Can I, can, can I bring Jenna in as well, Diana, if you don't mind? Jenna is with us too. Jenna, you're in your, your early 20s. Do you think young people lack um, the resilience to deal now with life's difficulties? No, I don't think so. I think what the difference is now for our generation, there's more of a, a space to to allow yourself to express if you're struggling with something or there's more like like Diana said there's more language now to communicate if you're if you're struggling like everyone struggles at some stage I think it's becoming more accepted now and it's quite resilient and strong of you to admit if you're struggling I think as Mm. well we we talk about I suppose we're more open and we talk about it more maybe yeah I think so and it's important like why why bottle it up like that'll just do more harm than good even though it can be daunting to open up if you're struggling as well but it, it, I, I think there's more of an accepting space well depending on where you are but I think it is slowly becoming more of an open space to do so 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 is it more stressful then for young people uh, nowadays yes well we're the generation and the next one to struggle with the climate crisis so we have that always on the back of our mind, like who knows what the future will be, if it will be livable. So that's always 
at the basis of everything and just the economy we're in now, the housing crisis, of course, <laughs> in Ireland. How, um, much, how much is that on your mind, Jenna? The oh, all the time. Is oh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, would it be fair to have kids? Because then how how will it be for them? Like, we're already seeing the effects of climate change, not so much in Ireland yet, but in other parts of the world. So it's, it's it defines everything, I think. Okay. And no wonder we're stressed. <laughs> I think we're pretty resilient to keep going. Marsh is with us too, Jenna and Diana. Marsha, you're you're a teacher. Um, well, I suppose in the first instance, like uh, mixed comments, I suppose, stem from the, the reaction to the Leaving Search, uh, the, the maths paper and the exam from last week. Like, do you agree with what he had to say? Well, look, I'm not a maths teacher. So I don't know what the paper was like, as you know, having analysed it myself. But I do think we've got a massive issue with resilience in young people at the moment. Like in my own school, we have panic attacks left, right and centre from students not in exam years, already worrying about their exams. And we're thinking we're next year, we've got people coming in to do workshops on resilience with students because they're so just not able to deal with everything that comes at them. And I do agree with Jenna, you know, it's good that students voice their opinions now and say how they feel. Like, I think that's really important. And I'm really glad when they do that because we can support them. Mm. But we have students, like I have students missing, you know, 20 English classes in a term because they are dealing with something that requires them to be out of class, but in school with guidance counsellors all the time and I just have to say I just think there's a mismatch between like the importance of resilience and mental health but also at the end of the day we do have to educate them and I do think there is too much pressure on the leaving cert like I don't think it should be the be all end all I Mm. think there should be more apprenticeships that you can apply through through CAO not everybody needs a degree but we've created this system where everybody feels like they have to go to university. And if you want to go to university in Dublin, the points are even higher. And a lot of kids can't move out because of the of the housing crisis. So, like, there's so much pressure there. And I do think we're making a mistake. But at the same time, I think a lot of students have really missed out on a bit of that personal development during COVID that me- meant they were able to deal with crises as they come and not... Um, kind of give up or uh, complain when they could really be doing something. And I'm not saying that complaining is a bad thing. Mm. I just think there needs to be a balance. Is that a fair point, Diana? Are you still with us? There need to strike the I balance. Am. I am. I think it's a mixed point and it's slightly confused because in one sense she's saying it's our fault. We've created this mess. You know, we were the ones who locked our kids up for two years. We've created the climate crisis. We've created the housing crisis. And they should just shut up and, you know, shut up and put up and stop being so, you know, you know, yes, complain about it, but be more resilient. I mean, how resilient do we want them to be? I don't think think Marsha's suggestion, you're not suggesting, Marsha, though, that it's the parents that... Like had the no, kids at home, no, not, who, who is not the at entire all. generation. Like who, who created oh, the climate crisis? Who created all these issues? We did, and we have to own it and stop putting it on to kids. We've created the problem, and now we're telling them, "Ah, stop being so whiny." You know, we were. It was our generation who designed that math paper. It's our generation who created the education system. It's our generation who made houses unaffordable. But we're the ones telling them to cop on. 
Where did can I, sorry, can I just come back in on that? Yeah, go on ahead, Marcia. I think... I did not say that they're being whiny or that they need to cop on. I just think there needs no, to be a balance where they recognise no. that they have these issues, but they mm. don't let the issues get in the way of them making further progress. Like, yes, the math paper was very difficult. Yes, recognise that. But at the end of the day, that's in the past now and they need to be able to move on. And that's the issue that I see with students. 100%. That they need to be do you able know what a single student? Do you know the single student who didn't say, OK, that's in the past now. I've got paper two coming. I've got to get my act together and get into paper two. Do you know of one single student who didn't do that? Yes. I know. Well, I don't know of any. Really let it get to them. You know, and really, they like, and they will too? probably have it. No, they, of course, they still went in, but I'm sure. So they did get on with it. So they were upset, but they still got on with it, and they still went in, and they still took on paper two. So yes, they are they sit through they paper two with it in the back of their mind the whole time. Okay. Like, that's what I mean by really. Yeah, no, no, I, t- I take, I I, I, I take your, I take your point, Marcia. Just, just a second, Diana. Just give, give Marcia a second there, just to, to make the point. So, you, yeah, your point is that they went in, but it's the ability to move on. Then, yeah, just the ability to not let it impact what you're doing now. Yeah. No, Noel is on the line as well. Noel, you're somebody that's involved in in education. Um, is there is there a lack of resilience among young people to deal with, yeah. whether it's the maths exam or whatever mm. it is? Yeah, um, well, I suppose I've been teaching 35 plus years and uh, so I have a longer perspective on it and certainly you can see a decrease in resilience. Uh, the ability to face the problem, stick with it, address it. Um, I suppose we've created a myth over the last two decades, you know, you, you should be happy. Life isn't like that. Um, or the myth that if you do X, Y and Z, you'll have a successful path. Life isn't like that. And unfortunately, um, a lot of media, a lot of culture creates this myth, follow this path and you will be successful. Um, and it, it doesn't follow. And I, I, our transition year program, for instance, we've been teaching resilience and building self-confidence for the last 25 years. And I saw in doing that program with them, it became more and more challenging to get kids to challenge themselves, to move out of their comfort zone. And uh, what I noticed as well as what I call the concept of the helicopter parents, where the minute a kid uh, sort of had an anxiety about something, so willing to jump in and say, no, they can't do that because uh, they're not, rather than challenging them. So, like we had a program where we got kids to walk from St. Dixon's Walk from Cashel to Ardmore and it was set as a physical and mental challenge and uh, the kids it was a program that was worked through it wasn't just the walk itself it was connected to a whole lot of stuff in terms of mental health in terms of physical fitness uh, in terms of geography history and a whole range of stuff but what I noticed was um over the years, um, we had nobody pulling out of that walk, on the walk, at any stage uh, over the years. But in the last four or five years, the sort of kids said, oh, I'm not able to go on. Um, what do you put even, that down to know? I put it down, I suppose, uh, we live in the age of what I call immediate gratification. If you look at social media, uh, our attention spans have got less uh, to stay with a problem. Um, and the idea that you have a long-term goal you're working towards, 
I mean, even it's a myth in life to say if you if you do the following, everything will work mm. out fine for you. Any of us listening out there know that life is not like that. Life is a way of throwing if wobbles only. in our path. Uh, throwing wobbles along in our path. So I, I put it down to our, this generation of kids have been born in a culture that's very different to the culture that kids were born into maybe 10, 15 years ago. There's a huge marketing department through social media that's telling them what to think and what to feel. There's also okay. on the social media platform where they're comparing themselves to the influencers and mm-hmm. saying, oh, I'm not like that and therefore I'm a failure, etc., etc." And uh, rather than saying, you know, life is full of diversity and it's the same as in nature, it's the same about human beings. And there's a diversity of mm-hmm. paths people travel in life. No, it's it's a really interesting point, Noel. Will you stay with us for a moment? Because there's a lot of people getting in touch about this. We're asking, are we building children to have, well, less or maybe no resilience? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're asking do young people lack resilience? Kay is with us. Kay, what do you think? Well, um, I'm a guidance counsellor. So, you know, I see students sometimes when they're struggling, you know. Um, I have to say, though, that, you know, in a school of over 900 students, the vast, vast, vast majority of our students are extremely resilient. And while they might um, have difficulties, I think they have a language to express what they're feeling. And then usually they can rally and get on with it. I do think, though, that there's a small percentage of our young people. And, you know, it's not it hasn't happened in a vacuum. You know, they've gone through covid they're living in a more uncertain world in lots of ways than maybe my generation was. But there are a small percentage of students who maybe I think it's got something to do with the fact that we've had an awful lot of talk and awareness in media and throughout society and social media as well about, you know, that message of it's OK not to be OK. Um, and, it's, and that's absolutely true. Of course, it's OK mm. not to be OK. And everybody needs to be supported when they're not OK. But I feel that for some young people, they're missing the next part of the message that, you know, you get the support, you, you are listened to, your feelings are validated, and that's essential. If that step is missed, then th- nothing's going to happen. They'll, they'll stay in the, in, the, in the negative space. But I do feel that some of them are missing the piece that after that part, there has to be an effort to overcome. And, you know, if students are feeling anxiety or mild depression, I mean, I'm not talking about more serious episodic depression now, but mild depression or anxiety, then they can't, the only way out is through, if you know what I mean. So they have to kind of challenge their, their feelings. And, you know, I'm very interested in the work of Irish psychologist, Dr. Claire Hayes, where she talks about, it's like her own take on cognitive behavioral therapy, that uh, you are more, you are more than your feelings of anxiety, you are more than your, your trauma, you are more than where you are at right now, and you can overcome with help, with maybe reframing how you're thinking, with feeling the anxiety, but mm. going through the hard thing anyway. And I think that that woman that was on earlier, I didn't catch her name. She was very passionate about the fact that kids are resilient, and she was making the point that like they, they were very unhappy with Diana, one of their yeah. papers. Yeah. Yes, but they still went in and did the second one. Now they might not have done as well. That's what the teacher was saying. That you know, if they if they were kind of tracking with more you know resilient thinking, then they might have been able to leave the first paper behind a little bit earlier and do just as well as they would have done 
in the second paper had the first one not been hard. And we won't know the results of that. They won't know till they come out either in September. Mm-hmm. But I suppose... Well, it's not necessarily, I suppose, it's not really, I mean, the, the maths paper, I suppose, has just been used by, by way of an example, an but it's, example, yeah, yes. it's, it's in general, you know, attitudes. It's in general, but I, I think, I think, you know, in general, the vast majority of the teenagers that I come across, and I'm not in this game that long, I, I, I changed career about five or six years ago, um, but the, the teenagers that I'm meeting, the vast, vast, vast majority of them are very resilient. I will say most students are a little bit impacted by COVID still, like we are mm. finding in sports activities and extracurriculars that they're just slightly less inclined to get outside of their comfort zone. But it's not the majority. That's just with some okay. students. Do, do, um, do, do, no, I was, just, I was just going to bring Dee in as well, Key, uh, Kay, sorry, on, on some of those points. Dee, do you think life is more, is more, like genuinely, it's more stressful for young people nowadays? Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I'm um, a retired primary principal, so I would have had, um, I've been dealing with children at a, at a, a younger age, but um, I was, and actually, um, yeah, I think parents are way more involved in their children's lives, which is a wonderful thing. And, you know, and, and I suppose the, the amount of knowledge and education parents have has changed, you know, the way they parents compared to maybe the way we were parented. But I, I, I would tend to think that, like, uh, overall, as you were saying, looking at the bigger picture, that maybe there is more, um, there's this maybe a slight over-involvement in kind of, I was actually talking to one of my students here this morning, I teach English, and uh, she's German, and I just I just said, what, what do you think of this, um, you know, this topic, or this, you know, people kind of over-parenting, and she said, it's a big thing in Germany, she feels, um, um, helicopter motor. Um, so it would be yeah. like, you know, even parents doing homework for kids that the teacher would have to say, did you do this yourself? And the student would say, I did. And the teacher would say, are you sure? You know, this, this, this absolute kind of thing of having to be completely involved and immersed in, in the children's lives, which maybe is maybe as a result of like COVID and all the other things that they've had to, to deal with. So um, I kind of, I read Mick Clifford's article, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. Really, and um there, there, there is a lot of sense in it. Um, I mean, he, mm. he, he talks about like, you know, this kind of overreaction and the overreaction on radio station. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This kind of like to talk about a vindictive paper and the trauma and all this. Kind of, I, I don't know. I think and, and that's more coming from parents maybe than from the students themselves. I don't know. Okay. Do you? You know, because I, I agree with the last speaker in a way that, like, there is a huge resilience out there. Maybe it's yeah. the parents like need to be a little more resilient. Like, you know, I, I suppose yeah. I'm in the, like, I just managed to come through school and even college where Bebo mm-hmm. was really only starting when I yeah. was coming through uh, the latter end of, of college. So I don't know mm-hmm. what it's like to grow up in a world where you've WhatsApp and, yeah. and Instagram and you're, you know, 10 and 11 and, and 13 years of age. And I can't imagine yeah. the pressures and how difficult that, that must be for young people. So I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be unfair to young people either, but I suppose mm-hmm. there is that, you know, like it's, it's the finding the mechanism to deal with all of this and I think the point that, that Kay mentioned a few moments ago you know y- yes of course it's okay to be okay and to ask for help and then it's mm-hmm. it's the following through I suppose with, with that as well Stephen is, is with us too D and K. Stephen do you think we're being unfair to young people? 
no, I, I guess, I mean, fr- from my experience, and you know, I'm, I'm almost 40 now, and I, I've, got, I've got a couple of young kids, and I've got relatives of various ages who would have, you know, some of whom would have sat the leaving cert this year. Personally, I, I think that we are probably being unfair on children ourselves in that we're trying to protect kids a lot more than, than certainly I would have protect, been protected in my childhood from traumatic events. <clears throat> so I think a, a Leaving Cert paper being traumatic is is a little bit of an, an overreaction in and of itself. I wouldn't classify that as a trauma. Um, but I do think that, you know, there is a maybe a mentality at the moment of everybody gets a medal, right, when they're kids. So, you know, we're telling everybody they're brilliant at everything and maybe that's sport or school or whatever it may be, that everybody's super positive and all the kids are brilliant and everything is fantastic. And that's just not how life happens. And a lot of the time, I think the first time kids hit a major hurdle like that is the Leaving Cert. And COVID has probably increased that somewhat Mm. for this year's Leaving Cert cohort, given they didn't sit a a junior cert, so they didn't have that initial experience. Um, And I think that maybe they're expectations of how difficult it's going to be are are maybe offset somewhat by by the way that they're that I guess society has framed it and I also think to your own point social media has has a huge influence on Mm. kids particularly in secondary schools and and social media certainly from my experience and and seeing what what it's done to other people is almost like looking at the world through rose-tinted glasses because everybody is putting themselves out on social media as something that isn't maybe necessarily really the case and kids nowadays are comparing themselves with that. And therefore, they, they then believe that something that's, you know, not a major issue, oh, nobody else is experiencing this. This is absolutely horrific. And uh, the reality is everybody's experiencing these things. It's just not necessarily put out there on social media. And I think that's filtering out some bad stuff that happens in most people's lives, you know, well, it's your marketing yourself, really, aren't you? In a hundred percent, you know, and I think sort that's of a perfect, huge, huge element of that to it as well. No, well, you're still with us, and I mentioned you're you're from a you know in a, in a in a teaching capacity as well, or in the education system. Is is that is that a fair point? Yeah, it's, it's very fair. As the year head down the years, um, the advent of social media, all all of us, no matter what age you are, would have experienced and seen bullying at a young age in schools and so on. But the difference before social media was when you went out the gate and went home, you had a safe zone. Whereas with social media now, that bullying follows you everywhere as long as you stay connected to your devices. And I found over the years um, with kids who were experiencing that, um, that if you could get them to withdraw from their devices or limit their use. I was talking to a girl in her late 20s and there last week and she was saying she had to go to counselling as a result of bullying and that was one of the pieces of advice she got was to stop engaging with social media and and, and platform and she said her mental health has been transformed since and um, so what I also noticed down the years was uh, as I said I used to do this thing I can walk from Cashel to Ardmore which was a distance of 70 miles and um, in the first 20 years of that um Parents send off their kids on a Wednesday morning, met them on Friday morning. That was it. No contact. They had my number in case they needed it for an emergency. But as the mobile phones came in and this, that and the other, uh, parents were constantly ringing, is everything okay? Where are you now? This, that and the other. As somebody, one of your previous uh, speakers talked about parents being overprotective. We're nearly afraid now to let kids fail. 
and the same with sport okay. and so on. Every, yeah. Everybody having to I, get I, a medal. I won't. I wonder at that point, and I know um, Stephen mentioned it a few moments ago as well around competition and competitiveness. And, you know, does that play any role in, in this or any part, I suppose, in this conversation today? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.